are listening to the Unsung Lung Podcast, presented by Alberta Lung. Alright, do we have a good one for you today, folks? As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sperling, and this is the Unsung Lung Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the show, and we hope that you enjoy it. Firstly, I'd like to apologize for the past two turbulent months on the show. May's episode was out late, and June's was a replay of a popular episode, so while we don't shy away from our mistakes, we do try very hard to correct them, and I hope that I have on this month's show. Our episode this month amalgamates two of my favorite topics in the world, technology and health. With my undergrad in science, technology, and society, I have always been drawn to scientific fields that have a societal aspect to them, and that specifically happens in our show today. Our guest knows a thing or two about science, technology, and pulmonary rehabilitation. Her name is Amanda Hollick, and she is the founder and CEO of iMaster Health. This incredible business is a medtech startup that focuses on digitizing rehabilitative care for chronic health conditions. Amanda is a clinical exercise physiologist and obtained her Bachelor of Human Kinetics and Honors Thesis in Clinical Physiology from the University of British Columbia, Okanagan. Although she currently lives in Kelowna, British Columbia, she has an Alberta connection as she was born in Vegreville. As for her business, iMaster Health relates directly to lung health and lung disease as their website has a free online pulmonary rehabilitation program that offers personalized care for their clients. The conditions that the program is tailored to are COPD, asthma, interstitial lung disease, cystic fibrosis, bronchiectasis, and post-COVID. After clients register, they answer a short screening questionnaire which matches them with a personalized rehabilitation program that is customized to their lung condition and fitness level. The program consists of many different exercises and activities, but I'll let Amanda dive more into that. In addition to the free program that iMaster Health offers, Clients also have the opportunity to participate in supervised exercise training through their lung workshop. This is an eight-week program led by iMaster Health's expert team where clients can get one-on-one support. In the aftermath of COVID-19, many programs such as this have either completely ended or have extensive wait times due to things like staffing shortages and limited facility space iMaster Health looks to ease the burden on the healthcare system by offering amazing virtual classes that work just as well as in-person ones. I am so excited to welcome Amanda onto the show today, so without further ado, I'll send us through to my conversation with the founder and CEO of iMaster Health, Amanda Hollick. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, I am so excited for the show today as it brings together two of my favorite topics, technology and health. And with that, I am honored to welcome Amanda onto the show. Hi there, Amanda. How's it going today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you for having me. 
Of course. Amazing. I have so many questions for you and about iMaster Health and your background and everything. So we might as well dive straight into the first one. So just to ease into the conversation a bit, I'm sure that our listeners would love to get to know you. So maybe you could tell us a bit about your academic background and how you got to where you are today with iMaster Health. Absolutely. So I am a clinical exercise physiologist, and I have a degree in human kinetics and honors thesis in clinical physiology from the University of British Columbia. So when I was doing my degree, I was largely involved in research, and I was working in the heart, lung, and vascular health lab at UBC. And actually, right when COVID happened, it was the summer of 2020, I was brought on to the Kelowna General Hospital. That's where I'm living. And they hired me in the pulmonary rehab department to see how do we offer rehabilitation online. Of course, everything was transitioning to that virtual mode of delivery, and we wanted to keep people with respiratory conditions out of the hospital. So I had the opportunity to work alongside the physiotherapist and the respiratory therapist at the hospital, and I was very fortunate. I got to lead the exercise classes, and I was researching what are the best conditions to offer virtually, how do you actually train somebody virtually, how do you do the assessment, how do you monitor someone. So it was a really great learning experience, and we got some amazing results, and When I finished my time at the hospital, I was so intrigued with pulmonary rehab. I saw the patients were just improving so much, whether it was mentally and physically. So I was in my my last year of university and I did my honors thesis project looking at how COVID impacted the delivery of pulmonary rehabilitation. So I had the opportunity to speak to many different patients and practitioners across BC and across Canada. And I sent out a questionnaire looking to see what people liked in the virtual program, what the barriers were, and also with the in-person program, either it was before, during, or after COVID. And we got some really great results. And I just found that pulmonary rehab is such an effective program, but it is so inaccessible. And the large reason for the inaccessibility is that there isn't enough practitioners to keep up with the demand. During COVID, a lot of the programs were shutting down because staff was being reallocated. There wasn't a physical location or a facility for patients to go to, or you have that limitation because you can only have 10 patients in a facility. So an interesting statistic, I believe this is from a study from 2015, it was 0.4% of Canadians who could benefit from pulmonary rehab only had access. So there are so many people that could benefit from it. And another issue was that there's lack of awareness. There's practitioners weren't really aware what it was. So I was out of university. I had all this information and I figured that why don't we create a platform where we're utilizing technology? There's so many health and wellness platforms out there for the general population. Why don't we create something for people who would really benefit from it? So I took the initiative and I kind of set about and did what kind of is now today iMaster Health. I worked with some great individuals uh, in Kelowna from a business standpoint and then from a health standpoint. I have an amazing team of practitioners and that's how iMaster Health came to be. That's very cool. Just to touch on kind of the underserved population of people with lung disease, do you think in addition to there being such limited resources, do you think it has a little bit to do with 
how many people are affected by lung disease at, at, at Alberta lung. We always tell the, the stat of one in five Albertans has a lung condition or a lung disease. Do you think, do you think that plays into it a bit? Absolutely. I, I, it's interesting too, just in pulmonary rehab, since it is more of a, it's an inaccessible program. So they're targeting moderate to very severe conditions, typically in the hospital. So you have so many patients who have a mild condition, or maybe they're even undiagnosed and they're dealing with lots of the symptoms, whether it be breathlessness or just that feeling of fatigue, it's hard to get that satisfactory breath of air. And they don't have a diagnosis and they just aren't really sure what to do next. So I think that plays a large part in it. Right. Yeah, that's very fair. So we've been tiptoeing around it. I was tiptoeing around it in the introduction. Can you tell us what iMaster Health is generally and maybe what the organization's motto is, what you do, just what what it is at its base level? <laughs> Absolutely. So iMaster Health, we're focused on digitizing rehabilitative care for chronic health conditions. Of course, starting with our pulmonary rehab resources, that's where my expertise lies. But my the, the company's model, motto is to create accessible rehab programs so anyone, anywhere can manage their health at any time. And so we can also solve a major gap in rehabilitative care. We do want to expand the resources to touch on different chronic areas, but for now we are launching it with the pulmonary side. Very cool. I, I'm actually curious into what other areas you're looking at. Do you, do you have anything that you can maybe spill the tea on a little bit early? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, nothing is set in stone. Of course, it is important to set a strong foundation for the first venture that we launch. But I'm really curious and intrigued by Parkinson's disease to do more with oncology and cardiac. So those are kind of my areas that I find very interesting. And I think that we can definitely help individuals uh, in the rehab space there. Very cool. That's awesome. So I think just as a general overview, Excuse me. I'm I'm wondering how iMaster Health connects, and we've spoken about this, obviously pulmonary rehabilitation, but maybe we can get even a little more specific on how iMaster Health connects to those who are listening to this show with an eye towards lung disease. So maybe give us a general overview of the, well, we'll talk about it later, the online pulmonary rehabilitation rehabilitation program and the lung workshop. But um, yeah, maybe just give us an overview of how it connects specifically to lung disease at this point. Yeah, so our resources are tailored to individuals who are dealing with COPD, asthma, interstitial lung disease, cystic fibrosis, and bronchiectasis. And we're also dealing with post-COVID. There's been some great guidelines that have been just brought about. So we want to be able to tackle that area but from a supervised standpoint. And we are focused on providing, again, those accessible rehab resources for that group of conditions. And we have, as you mentioned, our online pulmonary rehabilitation program, and it's just a web-based program. Anybody can sign up. It's free to access. And how that is all structured is it's a way for patients to instantly receive that personalized program online. So we're taking out the barriers of on, being on a wait list for an in-person program, the travel barriers, the cost barriers, and we're providing a resource for somebody who has either been through a pulmonary rehab program and they want to do a maintenance program. So keeping up with their exercises, learning more about their condition, doing breathing techniques, and making sure that they're improving their quality of life and everyday living. 
And then we also have our lung workshop, which is more from a, a virtual supervised group exercise classes. So we, I can get into that a little bit more later, but uh, essentially what we're doing is we're trying to provide the resources where we see that there is a gap in either the healthcare system or rehabilitative care and working with the practitioners to provide that resource for patients everywhere. Right. That's very cool. Thank, thanks for that general overview. It helps kind of uh, establish what what I Master Health does for the population that we help, and so it's 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 really helpful. So you mentioned the different lung diseases that you specifically work with, and I'll just mention them again really quick so that people who either have them that are listening to this or know someone they can send them your way. So it's COPD, asthma, interstitial lung disease, cystic fibrosis, bronchiectasis, and as you mentioned, you're slowly integrating post COVID. So I'm just wondering if there's a reason why these specific lung diseases are ones that you chose. Like, are they just more conducive to an online rehabilitation format or is there some other reason? What, what's the, I guess the logic behind those ones. Yeah. So everything that we created, we were looking at so many research studies, 30 plus research studies, and we wanted to make sure that the patients are all safe doing unsupervised exercise training. So that is the online pulmonary rehab platform with those conditions that you mentioned, and everything is self-guided. So there's videos, there's podcast episodes where the patient will do it at their own time and independently. Typically there might be somebody else in the room there, but we want to make sure that they are completely safe doing that in an unsupervised environment. And through the research that we did, we found that those conditions were typically the most safe to do that unsupervised exercise training. And if you go through the platform, the very first thing you'll do when you register is go through a short screening questionnaire. That is all set up. We're asking about your respiratory condition, other health conditions, and your experience with exercise. And that's set up so we understand and we know that you're safe to do that unsupervised exercise training. And then we also are creating your personalized program through that. So it was really just through all of the research and all of the guidelines set out there for a virtual platform and what we can offer and feel the most confident that our users are going to be using the platform safely. Very cool. And I kind of have a little bit of an ad lib question here. You mentioned that it's self-guided, the online pulmonary rehabilitation program. So I'm wondering what the groundwork was like to, like to kind of develop all the resources needed, the podcast, the videos, the what well, we'll touch on the screening questionnaire in a second. You already did. But was it just a bunch of work before you even launched Time Master Health, like hundreds, thousands of hours before you could even get it going? What What was that process like? Exactly that. It was a year of work before we launched it and it was making sure. So a large component is the exercise training that I mentioned. And we have such a large exercise prescri prescription plan that we follow in the platform. And it's to make sure that everybody is receiving the training that is appropriate for them. That's not over fatiguing them. They're making sure that they are stimulated, but they're not overworking. And every next session that they do, it's progressing them a little bit more, whether it be in intensity, duration, or the type of exercises they're doing. A little bit more of a background on there. We have three different categories for our exercise, beginner, intermediate, and experienced, and three levels within each. One level is about eight weeks long. So we're making sure that each of those sessions, you're kind of, you're getting more progressed each and every time, but we're also 
taking into the fact that not everybody's going to be keeping up with those exercise sessions every week. Life happens, whether you have an exacerbation, whether you have, you're going on vacation or something, you might be set back a little bit. So we take that into account and we have some technology that is incorporated into the platform to make sure that if we need to regress and bump an individual down a level, they can do that or vice versa. If they are feeling really great and they want to go up a level, they can do that as well. And then, yeah, so we, it was, it was about a year of very hard work, making sure all the research is there, reading all of the guidelines and the assessment questions that you see in a pulmonary rehab program. And um, same thing with the breathing techniques and education. A lot of it is actually just from the guidelines of what should be in a pulmonary rehab program, making sure we find the right practitioners who have experience speaking on those topics. Our education sessions are set up as podcast episodes. So it's really easy for somebody who just wants to download it, say they're going for a walk or they're driving in the car and they want to learn a little bit more. So we have it set up as a solo podcast episode. I like to call them TED Talks, where we make it really simple. All of the practitioners are very experienced and they're able to put it into layperson terms. So you're able to have takeaway points, understand your condition more. And that's kind of the goal of um, you learn self-managing techniques, but then you're also aware of what is going on with your lungs. And same thing with breathing techniques. There's different breathing techniques that are beneficial for different conditions, and we touch on those as well. And they're guided videos. So we have a trainer and we're doing the instructions and showing and the visual as well. So an individual can do that anytime during the day. They just go and click on the video and we also prompt them with the, we have a weekly planner incorporated into the platform. So they can just go ahead and pick which one is available for them that week, or they can go to the library. And if there's one that they enjoy, watch it at any time. That's really cool. Another little bit of an ad lib question. So with your background in clinical physiology, did you personally develop a lot of the exercises and like the videos and the podcasts, or was it also a lot of reaching out to experts? Like what, what did that look like? So since I'm more exercise physiology, I did a lot of the exercise training. And a lot of the other components were from practitioners like doctors, respiratory therapists, dietitians, and so on. And they have the experience with a lot of the education because they're the ones who are dealing with patients in the hospital or in a community setting, and they're able to provide more information with that experience. So we made sure that we reached out to the experts in that area. But yeah, I really enjoy exercise training. That's what I went to school for. And I did work with a professor to make sure that everything I thought was right and all the guidelines that I was seeing was correct because he had 20 plus or has 20 plus years of experience. So making sure we do have that expert feedback. Yeah, that's that's always important. I know I started as a brand, I, this is going to sound so stupid, but like a newbie in the lung health world over a year ago and I had to teach myself everything and it was it was always communicating with as many people as I could. So I reached out to people from BC Lung Foundation and Saskatchewan Lung and just every anyone that I could get a little bit of information from, whether that was on a charity aspect or actual lung health matters. It's it's important to to keep your network open. And I obviously imagine for you as well, starting mm -hmm. a business from from scratch, that would be that would be incredibly difficult, I imagine. But it, it's it's really nice to see how far it's come. So 
going back to the online pulmonary rehabilitation program, and you mentioned the questionnaire earlier, but I'm just wondering how you developed, like how, how does someone even start thinking about a screening questionnaire and, and how did you make it so that it really accurately pairs clients with their own personalized program? So I guess like the initial start of where, where do you even begin when you're creating a questionnaire that's that detailed because it has to customize that person's own experience to an online program? Yeah, so a lot of it is stemming from what the assessment looks like in a pulmonary rehab program that's already out there. So we made sure that that we're following the guidelines. There's so many different resources out there that are for guidelines for implementing pulmonary rehab. The Canadian Lung Foundation has a really good site and it trains practitioners as well as patients on how do you implement pulmonary rehab. So utilizing a lot of those resources so much reading, so many, so many different hours of research and um, speaking to professionals. I mentioned I worked with a professor. He has over 20 years of experience working with and studying this demographic. So we um, we had multiple conversations and making sure that we're asking the right questions. And largely it does stem from who wouldn't be safe doing unsupervised exercise training. So we were wanting to filter that out. And that doesn't mean that they don't have a program. It just means that they should be getting cleared by a physician or their healthcare worker before they do the exercise training. We do have a program where it is our breathing, our education, and we have movement resources. So those are five to 10 minute um, like yoga, chair yoga, stretching, flexibility, something to get your body moving, but it's not intense and you're you're safe in that area. Um, so yeah, it's just many, it was many hours of making sure that we're asking the right questions and that what it, it kind of like an algorithm thing. You ask one question, what should go after? And making sure that we are asking the right questions and um, having the right follow-up questions. And from those answers, where should a person be set into their their program? And again, that all tied together with their exercise prescription plan. It's very comprehensive and it just it goes hand in hand together. But there's there's many great resources out there. There's the American Thoracic Society, European Respiratory Society, um, the um what else is there? The American College of Sports Medicine and lots of research too. And a lot of more research is coming up with virtual delivery and rehab. So um, yeah, just lots of lots of research and lots of conversations with the experts. Very cool. I'm, I'm going to make a ridiculous analogy right now when you tell me if it's true or not. Is, <laughs> is the screening questionnaire a little bit like when you're in grade four and you got one of those choose your own adventure books and you click this one and you go that way. But if you click this one, you go back that way, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly that. I've never had that in grade four, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> you haven't heard um, of those novels? No. Okay. Well, I maybe think so. I think you'll have to use, uh, I'll grant you that analogy now. So it's literally just you, 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 you read a page or two. And then at the bottom of the page, it says, if, if you like, this if you want to follow little red riding hood into the forest go to page 46 if you oh, want to stay in the house go to page 52 and then and it just sends you all over the book so i guess that was a little bit of a stretch but anyways no i, I it makes sense i just don't think i received that in grade four i wish i okay. did that sounds amazing 
<laughs> okay, perfect. A uh, little bit of tangent there, but anyway, <laughs> on, on my part. So uh, I'd love to dive a little bit more into your specific expertise in exercise. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit, maybe some of your favorites or just anything in general about uh, the activities that you have with the online pulmonary rehabilitation program. And these include but are not limited to uh, things like self-directed exercise training, breathing and airway clearance techniques, chair chair yoga, like you mentioned, and then just different stretching. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that, maybe even like pick a specific lung disease and how you would tailor uh, exercises to that or, or anything that, that really, that you'd like to talk about. I'm really curious about the specific exercises. Yeah, so let's talk about COPD. That's one of the most common conditions out there. So for exercise training, we're really focused on strengthening strengthening your respiratory muscles, making sure that typically when you have COPD, you're putting a lot of emphasis when you're breathing on your chest and your accessory muscles, and that's to protect your diaphragm. And when you have COPD, typically you're going to feel that really full air in your lungs because it's hard to exhale. You have that expiratory flow limitation, feeling typically hyperinflated most of the time. So for um, somebody who's listening, who doesn't have COPD kind of feels as if you took a deep breath and then you just took little breaths or exhales out, like, and then another deep breath. So you are hyperinflating, you feel that chest rise and you're putting a lot of pressure on those chest muscles and trying to squeeze that air out of your lungs. So we're really focused on helping us strengthen that with, from an exercise standpoint. So it improves your endurance. That's a large thing. Of course, we're always breathing. And that's why a lot of individuals will feel exhausted or fatigued because they're expending much more energy just trying to get that air out. So we're focused on that different exercises. I really enjoy are like uh, different cardio interval training. I really like shadow boxing. I think that's so much fun. So just punching the air, you can make so many different routines and techniques with that. Um, And strength training is really important as well, but we're focused on that functional movement. So getting them back to being able to do their daily tasks easier. So whether it be putting groceries away. So if we are doing um, some, uh, let's say strength training, We can do some overhead presses. So that's just going to be lifting your hands over your head. You can do them with light weights. We can get creative, do them with household items like soup cans or resistance bands. So that's a large focus, what we do in the exercise training. And then we're also focusing on your overall health and wellness and conditioning. So we're not just limited to our respiratory muscles. We're going to be working our lower body and our core and our entire body there. And our focus is going from a warm up to cardio, strength training, a cool down. We make sure we do some flexibility and stability training as well. So that's, that's um, a large part of the exercise training. If we're thinking about breathing techniques, there's so many different techniques that we can do specifically for COPD. I'm sure lots of individuals have already heard this, but purse lip breathing is something that we really like to focus on. It helps get that air out of your lungs. It creates this pressure difference between the outside air environment and in your lungs. So it can help get that full air out and it helps you slow down your breathing a little bit If you are anxious or you're just feeling overwhelmed, it's really good to resort to that breathing method. Another one is diaphragmatic or belly breathing. And what we're focused on there is getting your 
breath deep into your diaphragm or your belly where you see your belly move out and you don't want to see your chest move. And then we're going to push that air out, activating our diaphragm. As I mentioned earlier, our breath is kind of protecting our diaphragm. So we're using those chest and accessory muscles. So we're flipping that. We are activating the diaphragm. We're taking a load off of our chest and accessory muscles and we're, um, we're helping get that air out of the lungs that way. So that's just a few techniques. We have many more that are beneficial. And then from, uh, you mentioned the chair yoga that I find is really interesting. It's something where we can help with mobility and then strengthening at the same time. So it's important for us to open up our chest muscles, making sure that we can um, open them up and then close it, getting that air in and out, helping with that um, that flow from an inhale to your exhale, and then also strengthening them. It does really help too with um, like flexibility and helping to stretch different muscles. Sometimes um, individuals might feel as if they have their shoulders coming in and a little bit of a hunchback. So we're trying to make sure we have proper posture and it's going to help our breathing pattern. Very cool. Yeah, that that's amazing to hear and i i want to touch on something that you mentioned a little bit uh during during the exercises and and that's anxiety so you didn't mention it in in the notes that you sent me uh, but i i think we could probably make that connection in that a lot of the time when you can't breathe and you're struggling to breathe maybe that anxiety ticks up and you get scared and you get anxious and you get afraid so how, how much of it of your program do you think even when you're not trying to, but is just relieving that anxiety and fear around not being able to breathe. So we talk about all the time on the show about how different bodily systems are connected, like in cystic fibrosis, it not only affects your lungs, but your gut health incredibly as well. So I think my question is, how much do you think that lung health is connected to your mental health? And maybe that's a general question, but um, how do you think those are connected? And and do you think that I master health helps offset that a bit? Yeah, for sure. I think it's your whole entire body is connected. And I do believe that there is a strong correlation between your breathing and your mental health. And I think it all stems back from the fact that we as humans, like breathing is so automatic to us. We don't really think about it, but you need it to survive. So it's kind of like being sick. You take your health for granted until you're sick. And then you're when you are stuck in bed, you're thinking about all those times where it was so nice to be able to go outside and do what you want and not have a stuffy nose. It's like that where you, you're feeling this constant urge that you need to get a good breath and that when you are limited to that, it's going to build anxiety. It's going to build that scary feeling of breathlessness. And that definitely ties with your mental health. And a lot of individuals can experience depression because it's so hard when you're dealing with that every second of the day, it might be impacting your ability to eat, your ability to get a proper sleep. And that all ties back to your overall health and well-being. And that's what we're really focused on is um, one with our exercise training. It's designed to help again strengthen those respiratory muscles but your overall health and well-being or and your endurance because then you're able to get a breath in and your body's going to be better utilizing that oxygen from your air it's going to go into your blood vessels and it's going to get into your body more efficiently so that's where we think that we're helping with one getting that um reducing breathlessness 
And then also we focus lots on calming your body, conserving your energy. Mindfulness is really great. Meditation, anything we can do to help bring down those, those thoughts, that, that anxiety and just focus on being able to adjust your body to that feeling and to help reduce the feeling as well. But I, I think, yeah, it's, it's something that is really interesting. Actually, when I was in university and I was doing a lot of research, we were mimicking the effects of COPD on each other. So although I don't have a respiratory condition, we would set each other up to a breathing tube and then we'd put obstructions into it. So I understand what it's like to not get that air out. And I was only doing it for five minutes and it was so anxiety provoking. So I do have a very soft spot for that feeling. And I, um, that's why I also started on this venture is that I don't think anybody should experience that. I think we should all be doing something to help that, um, that condition. Cause it is very scary. And to have that every day, it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it can really affect you mentally and throughout your whole body. Definitely. Yeah. It, 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 it could take over your whole life. We always, mm-hmm. one of our mottos is when, when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. And that's, mm-hmm. that's massively true. There's, there's other things that you can live without and still be okay. But when you can't breathe, it affects everything from walking up the stairs to taking out the garbage to just sitting there and enjoying life comfortably. So mm-hmm. one thing I did want to mention though, that, that, that you spoke about is the COPD and how that affects your lungs. So we offer the example and maybe we generalize it too much, but you were mentioning how with COPD, it's hard to get air out. And I feel like I have heard that before, but not as much. So we offer the example, and I think this is more pertinent to asthma and getting air in when your airways mm-hmm. obstructed. So we, we, uh, when we're in classrooms or just giving demonstrations, we hand out the little coffee stir sticks that have like the teeny tiny holes, the brown ones, the small ones. And we say, take two or three breaths through that and see how you feel. And we say don't take too many because you're going to pass out. But that's how someone who's experiencing an asthma attack feels or who is in end uh, end stage COPD or has emphysema, they feel. But I never knew that getting air out could be a problem. So that's really interesting. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that before. Uh, Is I guess, are the techniques vastly different based on each lung disease and whether you you struggle getting air in or out what is what does that look like i wouldn't say that it is vastly different i think that regardless you're because when you have air in it's and it's stuck in there it's not really doing anything right your oxygen is already utilized is taken up and it's just making it very uncomfortable and it's preventing new air from coming in. So if you think about it from that way, there's lots of similarities from not actually getting air in to holding that stale air in there. But yeah, it is, it's interesting to think about the the differences between getting a proper inhale and a proper exhale and yeah, it's a, one of the things, so you mentioned breathing through a straw and I was kind of showing this a little bit earlier, but what I like to do f- to mimic COPD is to take a breath in and then you exhale just a little bit of that air and then another deep breath in and you repeat that for a minute and you'll really see like everything expand and how it's harder to get that air if you're stopping yourself from doing that or to ex- exhale that air. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting the nuances that come with each different lung disease. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, thank you for answering that. But in moving on, I'd love to get to know about your eight-week lung workshop. So I'm just wondering what are the main differences between that and the online pulmonary rehabilitation program? And just, uh, yeah, what, what what are the main difference, differences between the two? And I guess maybe what are the advantages of the lung workshop? But I'll let you dive into that. Absolutely. So um, as we were talking about the online pulmonary rehab program, it's that self-guided resource. You have instant access to your program and it's those videos and podcasts that you can do at your own pace. The lung workshop is somebody who's interested in supervised exercise training. So somebody who was wanting to have that virtual group session where you're doing exercises with other individuals who have the same condition as you or a similar condition. And how the process works is that we have an initial consultation or an assessment. So a trainer and a patient will hop on Zoom, just like we're doing right now, and we'll go through your history of lung conditions, um, your different health information to see if you're right for this program. We make sure that you've spoke to your doctor about it and that they think that it's a good idea for you. And then we do a physical assessment. We do a sit-to-stand test. So we have something to measure how you did before and after your program. And then we do a range of motion test, making sure if there's any notes that we need to make. So when you're doing your exercises, we can give you any adjustments or recommendations. Say you have shoulder impingement, we'll make a note of that and adjust the exercise accordingly. And then every week, there's going to be two exercise sessions when an hour each. And it's just hosted over Zoom. Again, a group of patients with a trainer, they go through an exercise class for an hour long, doing the warm up, cardio, strength training, cool down, flexibility, and stability training. And then you also have that social support from your peers. And then you have the practitioner support as well. So that's an eight week program. You get a total of 16 exercise classes, and then it um, comes with a discharge summary or a final assessment. So that's where you're going to make sure that you feel confident to enter into say a maintenance program. So continue on with the free online pulmonary rehab resource. And, or if you wanted to join a gym in your location, you have that um, ability and you have that confidence to do so. And we're also doing another assessment to make sure that we did see some changes. What can we do differently? Um, what else do you need? What other support can we provide? So the big value that I see in the lung workshop is really that social connectedness. You have the ability to talk to a practitioner. You're doing those live exercise classes and it's over Zoom. You It's so convenient it's just you open up your computer or your tablet and you press on the link and you're joining the class we get creative with exercise equipment so there's no need to go and buy a whole gym set we if you don't have dumbbells we'll use household items if you don't have a resistance band we will get creative with body weight workouts so we can just tailor it much more to the individual right then and there when you're doing the exercise Awesome. Yeah, I can certainly attest to the social connectedness and that that need for that. I work from home this summer. Or I have been working from home until I go back to school in the fall. And it's it's not great <laughs> working no. from home. You need that. You need to be able to talk to people. And and while uh, so uh, having said that, meetings are often the best time of my day because I get to talk to someone and and say how things are going, what I need help with and that kind of that kind of thing. So I can, I can imagine that's obviously the much greater benefit of the lung workshop. So I'm kind of thinking 
the online pulmonary rehab program is like a Peloton and you're just riding that bike and someone's talking at you. But the long workshop is like, you can interact with that trainer kind of thing and get mm-hmm. custom well, while the rehab program that you have is customized to each person. It's even more customized for the long workshop. Cause you can mm-hmm. get like instant feedback. Exactly. And a lot of the pulmonary rehab programs, they're only say six to 12 weeks long. So that's why we're an eight week program. You it's more intense because you're needing to show up every week, two times a week for that hour session. So you are, it's kind of a motivation aspect as well. So if you're very new to exercise and you need somewhere to start and you're not motivated to just go onto the platform and do what's provided there, then you have the ability to have more of that accountability for the lung workshop. And then the nice part about the way that we set up our platform is that you have a resource to access when you graduated. So the issue with a few programs, and um, it's just from a lack of uh, resources, is that when an individual graduates from their pulmonary rehab program, whether it be in person or virtual, and it's that six to 12 weeks long, they're expected just to just go and find another resource to keep up with the maintenance. Because if you don't continue your exercises, those benefits that you had in that that time frame, that six to 12 weeks, they're going to drop off within a year. So you only are going to feel those benefits for a certain amount of time if you're not maintaining them. That's a huge issue in the healthcare system is that patients, they, they'll go through the program, they won't do a maintenance program, they won't keep up with their exercises. A year later, they're back on the wait list to get into another program. So we're trying to support somebody for life. We it, like your health and well-being, it's not a year long. It's going to be a lifelong commitment. And we want to make sure that it's accessible. It's easy for you to do, and there's no barriers in that way. So that's why we made the platform free. And it's always going to be there for you to access, whether you want to do it before the lung workshop, or if you have an in-person program that you want to go to, or if you want to do it during, say you can't attend all of the sessions, but you still want to keep up with your exercises or it comes after. So we're trying to make that universal program where we're there for an individual for as long as they need. Yeah. That's really cool. Thinking that you can, you can jump right into the super customized lung workshop and then continue a maintenance phase with the free one afterwards and not have to worry about finances and losing out on your training and that you can keep keep up with it. So that's amazing. But you also mentioned that you partner with health authorities through the lung workshop. So what does that entail? Yeah. So really, as I mentioned earlier, through COVID, a lot of these programs have shut down they don't have enough staff, they're reallocating staff, they don't have the facility space or whatnot. So that's a big issue that we've noticed when we launched our online pulmonary rehab program and having conversations with practitioners. So we started the lung workshop and we're partnering with health authorities to provide a solution for those hospital programs. So whether it be that Um, hospitals have a wait list of 100 to 200 patients, and they just need some help getting down that wait list where they can redirect patients to our platform. And then we work with them that way. Or if it's a a hospital program that they had to completely shut down their program and they don't have anything going on and they have 200 patients on their wait list for the last year, we will work with the hospital, see what we can do from the assessment to the one-on-one support, the exercise classes, 
to the final assessment and make sure that we're providing those patients um, the exactly what they need from a program, working with the hospitals, um, whether it be fully or um, part-time or offering a virtual platform for them too. Lots of them are sticking with the in-person rehab, but there are patients that they can't make it to the in-person program. There is transportation barriers or they have an hour to two hour drive if we're talking about a rural area. So we're just there to offer the support where we don't want to take away from the hospital programs because there is such a large value in being able to have that connection with your practitioner that you are typically used to going to. But we want to make sure that we're providing rehab for as many patients as they, um, as possible. And to help with the wait list, if somebody's on the wait list for a year, their condition is going to be progressing. So we want to help get to them before that happens. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Kind of a current issue that I'm thinking of that I saw on the news the other day that is really connected to this is Indigenous communities and not having the health Mm -hmm. access that they should. And and the news story was uh, a mobile x-ray unit being able to go to different um indigenous communities i think it was actually in bc i don't even think it was in alberta and just how much help that was so i can imagine that this is the exact same thing while while they might not be able to drive the two hours to vancouver general or something like that they may be able to hop on their computer and and attend one of these workshops or get online with the rehab program so that that that's really amazing and it's it's valiant work you're doing for sure Thank you. Yeah, it's incredible also to see just the different resources that are popping up in the healthcare system and how we're utilizing technology and just making it a more accessible. I keep using the word accessible, but it's so true. There's so many things that we need to do. And it's been incredible to see the progress that's happened just over the last two years from from COVID. So although COVID was something that was terrible, there's been some good that came out of it. Definitely. Yeah. I, always, I Well, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I always joke that COVID kind of got me to where I am today because it allowed me to study for my my LSAT. I took the summer off and just studied for mm-hmm. like crazy and then wrote it. And, and now I'm in school, back in school. But yeah, it, COVID did hurt a lot, but also it, it forced us to kind of do things that maybe we didn't want to because we didn't have to. And now we do. Yeah. So so it it it, it it's all, it was it hurt a lot of people, but it definitely helped a lot in, in, in the long run. So exactly. yeah, it, it definitely. So in, in wrapping up a little bit, I'm wondering if we can get a general picture from you in what you hope I master help health is kind of in its entirety one day, like what, what do you hope it becomes? What do you see its future as? Yeah, I, I mean, this is a very big vision, but my goal is to get the company towards a one-stop shop for rehabilitation. We want to be able to provide those programs, connect patients with practitioners, and just support the hospitals, support the patients, support the communities where we can, and we want to make it international. So right now we're available in Canada and the States, but we want to expand across the world because rehabilitative care is something that everybody needs and it's going to be different everywhere. So we want to take on that challenge and provide a resource that is universal and we can help prevent the progression of conditions and help people live a healthier, better quality of life. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I I, I certainly can get behind that and we'll do all 
that we can to spread the word about this. And and you're certainly doing a lot yourself. I I heard about, I was mentioning to Amanda beforehand that I heard about her work on Sick Boy, the podcast that, well, Jeremy Saunders, we had on this show pre- previously. And yeah, I mean, it's all networking and getting the word out and so that people know that there is this resource out there. And sometimes when you don't know what's there, you're not going to go search for it and you're just going to mm-hmm. go to the hospital and get on that year long wait list, like you mentioned, but it's all, it's always about just getting the word out there and, mm-hmm. and helping people. So uh, just generally, I'm wondering if you can tell us how people, especially in Alberta, well, anywhere that are listening to the show in Canada and the States, how they can get in touch with you and your organization to either register for the rehab program that you have or the lung health workshop and uh so that they can tell even a friend or a loved one that they have obviously like i just mentioned it's all in connection so uh how how do they get in touch with you what what's the best way and and i master health yeah so they can just go onto our website it is imasterhealth.com and they can sign up for the program right then and there. There's a join for free for the free platform, the online pulmonary rehab program, just right at the top of the page. And then the lung workshop is just under four patients on our website. Or if you scroll down, you'll see the uh, lung workshop button there where they can book a free initial consultation. And if you want to get in touch with myself, you can email info at imasterhealth.com if there's any questions. And you can also just reach out through our contact page on the website if that is easier. But yeah, just imasterhealth.com. Perfect. Amazing. So this conversation has really enlightened me to all of the amazing things that we can do with technology and health and anything like that. So uh, specifically on the rehabilitation front, I think we're in good hands, especially post COVID, like you mentioned with, with people like you that are starting these virtual, uh, help sessions that are incredibly needed. So I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you, Amanda, for coming on the show early on a Saturday morning where often people don't realize that behind when you can download this episode on your own time, um, there's people like Amanda who are waking up at, on the early hours of a weekend <laughs> on the west coast so we just want to say thank you uh, and and thanks for uh building this amazing organization that's helping people with lung disease in alberta and across canada well thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast and i just want to say thank you for helping spread the awareness of our program i think that's one of the one barrier too is that the awareness part and getting the word out. So we appreciate that so much. And yeah, if there are any questions, as I mentioned, please don't hesitate to reach out if you're listening to this and tell a friend if you know somebody living with a lung condition, you don't know that it could be a life-saving program for somebody and just improve their quality of life. So thank you so much, Jacob. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Definitely, great. Awesome. So with that, I'll just send us right through to our outro. Wow, just wow. That was such an interesting conversation with Amanda, and I am so grateful that she was willing to sit down with us and discuss technology, health sciences, and pulmonary rehab. I hope that we at Alberta Lung are able to partner with Amanda a ton in the future, because accessible pulmonary rehabilitation is so important for those with lung disease, and her work in facilitating this kind of program is very much needed in the health landscape in Canada. As always, I'll just finish up with my three final concluding points. And these are just important things that 
I will take away from my conversation with Amanda and I hope that you can take away too. The first was the stat that she gave at the beginning of the episode in that only 0.4% of Canadians who could benefit from pulmonary rehabilitation have access to it. This is just such a low number and organizations like iMaster Health are helping to curb this trend with technology. So we have to be able to really get the word out about amazing organizations like this, like iMaster Health, that are putting out uh, digitally based lung health programs. And this goes along with a previous episode like Heal Mary and just being completely technology based and not being in person. That helps widen the scope so much of people who can access pulmonary rehabilitation and just lung health services. So we have to be able to talk about this, to spread the word, and we, I know myself and all of us at Alberta Lung will spread the word and we have to kind of champion this across all lung health charities, across Canada, across all lung health practitioners because, I mean, if people aren't accessing pulmonary rehabilitation, then, I mean, what are we doing here, I guess is the question. That, that we, we fight for it so much and we fight for lung health in general and obviously pulmonary rehabilitation is the foundation of that health. Secondly, the amount of research and planning that goes behind creating and launching a business like iMaster Health is just astounding. I can only imagine the background work that Amanda had to do to ensure the safety of her clients and the effectiveness of each individualized treatment program. And also, I'd just like to quickly touch on the customizable aspect of the programs within the online pulmonary rehab program. And it's just so cool how how Amanda and her team are able to use a questionnaire that sort of ties uh, what you're looking for, not even looking for, what you need as a person with a lung condition, with a lung disease, and your fitness level. And it, for lack of a better term, spits out a program customized to you and what you can do and then also the different levels I thought were so amazing that she brought up how within each different uh, aspect of the program there's three different tiers so if you're if you feel like the exercises are maybe a little bit too much for you and you have to scale it down you can go down to a level one but if you're at that level two and you're feeling great you're feeling like the exercises are really working for you and helping you you can step up to that level three so it provides that sort of leeway uh, in addition to being customizable in the first place so it's kind of customized on top of being customized so i i think that that's always important when it comes to health we can't have a cookie cutter healthcare system. Obviously, sometimes that's needed just to get people through it and 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 have and help people. But when it gets down to it, you need something tailored to you because only you know what is best for you and what you need and what you can handle from a rehab program. And lastly, I thought that social connectivity, one of the main bonuses of the lung workshop over the online pulmonary rehab program that Amanda was mentioning, it's just so important in our day and age. In some cases, people with lung conditions and lung diseases can't even go outside and risk catching an infection that would significantly worsen their condition as it is. So Amanda and her team providing the opportunity to learn exercises with other individuals who have similar or even the same condition or disease as you that uh, is, is, has signed up for the program, 
but doing that is so incredibly beneficial and doing it in an incredibly safe way is amazing. So I think what we learned from the COVID-19 pandemic is that we need social connectivity. It's imperative to our, our livelihoods, who we are as human beings. Having said that, sometimes we just can't do that, whether that's because of, as Amanda mentioned, traveling costs and timed, uh, time, I guess, restraints, if it costs two hours to drive to a hospital for that rehab session, or even if you're extremely immunocompromised with a lung condition or disease and you just don't want to be in a place with other people, even if they are incredibly safe. It's, it's so important to have to have resources that people can access to kind of stay safe and feel comfortable as they continue their health journey and continue to being better for themselves and for their family and their friends and just being able to do things on their own terms. And I think that programs like this through iMaster Health give you the most uh, customizable experience and they give independence back, honestly. They allow you to do what you want on your own terms when you want it. Okay, so that is it for this month's episode. We have an absolutely stellar lineup of guests coming at you throughout the summer months. As just a little bit of a teaser, one episode in the works right now is about the effects of wildfire smoke on your lungs. And that is obviously a very timely topic with the wildfires going on across Canada, but specifically in Alberta, Quebec, and Ontario. And obviously, it extends massively throughout the world. Wildfires in Quebec are affecting New York City. So this topic in particular uh, affects a great, a great deal of people and not only those uh, who we focus on on this show, those with lung diseases. So this is pertinent to basically everyone. So make sure you keep an eye on your favorite podcatcher uh, for that episode. Perfect. So with that, I thank you for listening to another episode of the Unsung Lung Podcast, and I'll leave you with our motto. As always, just remember to breathe.